Stop into Lowe's to fit a few more projects and a lot more savings into summer. Get your deck looking its best with the new Valspar Exterior Stain. It covers in one coat, is rain-ready in four hours, provides all-weather defense from the elements, and it's only at Lowe's. Then, get ready to kick off the fall grilling season with savings of up to 20% on select grills. All projects have a starting point. Start with Lowe's. Grill offer valid through 829. While supplies last, see store for details. Hey, 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 what's going on, y'all? This is the gr- 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 Grown Man-ish podcast. <laughs> it's your guy, Bowtie Fresh, and you know who else is in the building. Mike J. Talk to the people, man. Salutations. Man, another, another, another <laughs> day. Salutations. Another, another, <laughs> hey, I had hit him with salutations, man. I'll big it. So how you, how you doing, brother? It is uh, over out here in the, the old Indianapolis, Indiana, the NAP. It is a, a gloomy, rainy, soggy day, man. How are you living on this little, on this day out here, brother? Man, I'm chilling, man. Went to church, uh, sit back, came home. That's about it, man. I haven't really done anything all day. Worked on stuff for the show, and that's it, man. I've been keeping it, keeping the low key, man. Glad we were able to record a little earlier today. But, you know, ain't no, no games no doubt, man. like that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah. no games, no, no, uh, no family business for the, you know, in our in our, in our everyday lives going on. Everything seems, or at least from the Bowtie Fresh side, things seem to be low key. Had a had a uh, interesting, cool little weekend, my brother. I'm gonna give a shout out uh, and, and, and happy Pride Month to the LGBTQ community. You know, give a shout out to them. You know, we definitely support y'all and y'all struggles and so forth and so on. Um, and for those who don't know, it was uh, I guess you can call it Pride Day here in Indianapolis. Or yesterday, had a parade and you know a lot of going a lot going on. A lot of uh, friends that are members of the LGBTQ community, um, you know, out doing their thing, and you know, definitely support them. And a lot of a lot of friends and family um, who also were, you know, just involved in different things, supporting those that we know, those that we love, uh, that are that are um, in that community. Well, man, it was it was a lot of interesting randomness going on downtown. So, not only was it you know a lot of pride festivities going on, but um, this weekend was also PopCon, and for those who don't know, it's it's just another con, kind of like Gen Con, you know, stuff like that, um, but it's geared toward pop culture, so you see people, um, they come out, you know, uh, celebrate gaming and music and, and art and, you know, all things pop culture, that sort of deal, and, you know, different folks dress up in different, you know, ways and stuff like that. Uh, and then at the same time, this was, uh, uh, I guess, the national convention or meeting for the United Methodist Church. So it was an interesting blend of people downtown uh, celebrating many things and, and interacting. But um, the one thing I will say is that everybody was getting along, man. It was it was lovely to see, you know, people from different walks of life, you know, different lifestyles, you know, different hobbies, different cultures, that sort of thing. And everyone was, like, really just interacting and supportive of each other, you know, understanding and, you know, so forth and so on. I didn't really see a lot of mess going on, a lot of, you know – idiocracy, bigotry, none of that type of stuff, man. It was a really peaceful time downtown, man. So I definitely want to say I was I was happy and proud of my city uh, just because of the different things that were going on. And, you know, it was just a lot of love out there, you know, uh, this this past, this last few days. So um, I, it made me be proud to be from the nap, brother. But Don't forget Italian Fest, too. Oh, yes, Italian Fest, too. Yeah, no doubt. That was, too. That was there. That was happening, too. Yeah, man. A lot of stuff was going on. Had a St. Simon Festival up here in, in the Geist area, and 
it was a lot going on. So, you know, myself and, and, and my, my sons and my wife, we were just kind of out, you know, the last few days, you know, you know, participating in different things that are going on around the city and, you know, experiencing different things, different cultures, and just trying to have some good, clean fun, man. And, uh, my, my my kids, my two sons, they got invited to a laser tag party uh, yesterday evening. Um, and, man, I forgot how fun laser tag was, man, especially especially with uh, some kids from the ages of, of, of 7 to 9, 7 to 10. Like, man, these, these kids, they took that Fortnite stuff seriously, man. Like, they they was giving us a run. We played kids versus adults. Man, they was giving us a run for our money, man. But it was good, clean fun. Had a good time, my brother. Yeah, that's cool, man. I had been late at that about a year. I took uh, my girlfriend's daughter. We went for a birthday last year, so it was cool. No doubt. Well, I, I don't, I don't know about you, but uh, Mike J, I definitely want to. We lost a, a few icons uh, uh, this yeah. week. Um, we definitely want to give a rest in peace to uh, Kate Spade as well as Anthony Bourdain. Um, you know, sending many prayers to their families and friends and those that are affected. I speak from a personal note, man. The the Anthony Bourdain, man, that one that one had me shook, bro. That one kind of, that one kind of hurt a little bit, man. I'm a uh, am and was a huge Anthony Bourdain fan. I watched you know the various shows that he had. I watched um, a lot of things from him from his chefing days, from when he was you know just flat out cooking, and you know that was his primary niche. I love the man's writing style, the things that he designed. Um, man, that hurt, man. My wife and I were both big uh, Anthony Bourdain fans on, on many levels, and we we went out to dinner last night um, after when the, when the boys went to their little sleepover and we were just having a conversation just like man like we neither one of us realized how much uh, we we both you know had a liking for this guy you know his his work and you know just him as a person he was overall you know genuine person from what we could see you know as fans or whatnot so um, that one kind of hit home brother you want to talk to the people man oh man yeah to see to see that happen man two people commit Two celebrities, you know, for them to pass, not even pass, but to commit suicide in the same week, definitely eye-opening, man. So just for, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you want to definitely want to check in with people. I know there's some people who were saying that uh, people were selfish and all that. I don't, you, you don't know what goes on in people's personal lives, but what, you Absolutely. know, issues they're dealing with or demons or you, you just don't know. So I'm more of the fact that, you know, you, you feel bad because I think both of them had, like, children, but not, like, Older adults, like you know, children were you know they still lived in the home type type children's ages. So mm-hmm. you know, to see that, right. you just really feel for the for the kids, you know, because you you already lost a parent, and then you hear other people saying these things about the parent being weak and they couldn't handle, it, so they killed themselves. So right, and just to hear that is just it's just sad. So you know, rest in peace to you know Anthony Bourdain. You know, I remember watching it watching when he was with uh, President Obama. I think he was in Vietnam. They were eating street mm-hmm. food, so they uh, in the restaurant that they went to, they actually put the the, the stools and the tables in plexiglass, and so yeah. these people can you know, sit down and so yeah, it's definitely a they, they were, time. A, and, and another another rest in peace, and it was a show um, that I only caught a few episodes of. It was called The Goldbergs, but a, a young actor, Jackson O'Dell, um, he was found uh, dead at his residence at the age of twenty. Um, and that that was also on Friday. I don't, I don't think a lot of details have been re- released of that yet, but um, definitely uh, rest in peace to him as well and his family and friends. Like I said, I mean, I caught the Goldbergs. Uh, it was on ABC, just a few episodes here and there. 
Um, and apparently he was very popular on a, some a kid show or Disney show called iCarly. But um, I remember the gentleman from the from the Goldbergs. But um, to to loot to have your life uh, be gone at the age of twenty, man, that's 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 crazy, man. You're just getting started. So uh, definitely rest in peace to him as well. Yeah, so I uh, guess we can transition, man, to that damn Trump news, man, and kind of break the, the you know, the, the press part of the show. But, man, so I was uh, reading something on The Hill, TheHill.com, and an MSNBC mm-hmm. host, uh, Mika Brzezinski, she said a source told her that Trump is mad that he can't watch porn in the White House. Man, I was <laughs> I did I did that. not hear that. <laughs> yeah, man. man. Check out the hill. For, for those who get into politics, check out the hill and political and those type of things. You can always get a lot of information. So she said it she was interviewed on, on one of those shows. But the interesting thing about Mika, uh, Mika Brzezinski, she is uh, engaged to Joe Scarborough on Morning Joe, so they've been having a few with Trump for a while. And for those who don't that's when Trump talked about the woman that hit and Mar-a-Lago with her face leaking and blood, bloody at the bad facelift. That's what he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, you know, just to, to hear something like that, it's like, wow, this guy is really, you know, but the thing is, I could see him, like, wanting to watch porn in the White House. And they probably, you know, they, you know how it's like you feel work. If something comes up that you didn't mean to click and they hit you with that, that right. blocker, <laughs> that's probably how the White House, right. like, he probably got all type of stuff around. He probably was trying to watch something kinky. And like no, he's like I just can't believe this. I can't. I can't watch it anywhere. I want this. Want to watch it? Stormy. Right, man. It's like uh, so, <laughs> like the type of the type of porn. <laughs> what type of porn is Trump watch? <laughs> I mean, you, you think oh. you think you're watching this girl, old Stormy? Oh no, I think I think old Trump might get into it. Bit BDM type Trump. stuff. Yeah, Trump might surprise that. you, man. He might, Trump might have a little something for the sisters on the low. He he might be stealing wow. a lot of stuff. He might he might have a little something for the sisters wow, on the low. Sure. That's like, that's that's been since the beginning of the time. But he definitely look like one. If it if it's gonna be that, I you know it could be like black dudes on tiny white snatches and stuff. It's probably something really kinky. Whoa, you know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just like, I, you, that pure pure smut. <laughs> yeah, smut. Shout out to Ebony Gals. For the smut. Oh but, man, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, for the pure, pure smut. But yeah, man, man. So that's probably that's probably what he's into. Some smut that he couldn't watch. I mean, I thought that was funny. But on to the serious note. So you know they're having a G7 conference, and you know, and Russia yeah. is not a part of the G7. So did you see the picture when when the Chancellor of uh, Germany is like she's looking at him? Trump has his arms crossed. He has a smirk on his face. And I think they had a uh, prime minister Trudeau was there, and a couple mm-hmm. more of our our supposed allies that used to be allies with us, but I'm not sure they're gonna be allies too much longer. You know, so they're just looking at him. He has uh, a stupid self-serving look on his face. So he wants Russia in the G7. Like, what do they have on him? I mean, I know they. I I think they personally helped get him elected with all this elections. There has to be more than this. That I think they got some that's what I was stuff thinking, on man. Him, man. Financial. You know those rumors and of, the, of like what went down with those women and all that other type of stuff, but it's it's some deep stuff. I mean, you have sold your soul. And this is, you know, this is damn near. If this comes out the way I think it's come out, it's damn near treason. So I've right. never seen anybody. Right. You know, I mean, we ain't never kissed our allies behind like this. And how Russia, we always right. one step away from some shit going major, man. So yeah, you know, 
It's crazy. It, it definitely. I, I feel the same way, man. I've always thought, like, okay, what what do they have on this dude? What is really going on behind closed doors? Because this this relationship with Russia is just in, in the word in the words of uh, your boy, ha ha, shout out, ha ha, Davis, funny guy. This is beyond me. <laughs> yeah, for real, it's, man. It, 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 it's just so it's it's crazy how many levels. This goes into how Russia's always thrown into the conversation, and you know, I, I, I just I just don't get it. But you know, that's just what y'all just keep on. The porn stuff was funny, but y'all keep looking because you know he it's was uh, talking yeah. about you know the prime minister of Canada. He was saying like, hey, you know, you know, I guess he Trump made, Trump tweeted something about basically like you know he didn't say it to my face, but the prime minister of Canada like you know we're polite, you know, and we were respectful, but don't push us. So now they're gonna start raising right. tariffs on our on on us too. So all of this is gonna hit us right. in pockets, and then even like Mexico yeah, was, raising tariffs, and it's hitting all I these states about to that Trump won. You know, Republican those Republican states, so imports and exports and stuff like that. So I mean, you can have who you choose to vote for, but now it's gonna start hitting your pocket or hitting things that you really like and making you more expensive. So that's just something to think right. about for for those for those individuals. But yeah. So, get anything else, my brother? Oh no, man! You hit on everything that I was, brother. You hit on everything that I was. I, I was going to speak on on the terrorists, but you you handled that well. I I, I cannot uh, make your statements any better. All right, man. So let's get the extra mail. So extra mail this week, man, is uh, Kellen Winslow Jr. You know, that former NFL player, former you know All American University of Miami. So he was looking to buy his mother in law house. So he goes in there, he's looking at this house, and an overzealous neighbor, and you can, when I put overzealous in quotation marks, you pretty much guess what that means, called the police on him, and Kellen had to go to jail for five hours. So, I mean, it's, I mean, we can't, we can't barbecue in the park, we can't look to buy houses, we just can't mind our business. Why do right. certain people always want to call the police on people? I don't get it. I really don't. It's like it's jaw dropping that people continuously yeah, always want to call the police on people of color. That's like the go to. Yeah, and and it's and it's one of those things like if if someone's in the in the neighborhood and you know I, I you can't say you know oh this person looks this way or that way or whatever people can draw you know can their own conclusions about anything, but I mean yo come on, I'm sure the area that he was looking at is probably you know. Some seemingly, you know, well to do or, or what have you. He's an ex football player, an ex NFL player, but but, but, but it really doesn't matter though. Like it does, huh? He said, when I was reading, he what said, "Why would I need to?" When I was reading, what he said is, "Why would I need to steal something from a trailer park?" So I don't know. I don't know yeah. who's just you know. I mean, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. nonetheless, I mean, it really yeah. it doesn't matter. The, the the area is like kind of it goes back to what you said, like why? Yeah. For whatever reason, it, we need to have the police called on us. As and I, I'm going to speak for myself as a black man. Why? Why? No matter what position that I'm in or situation I'm in, you know, good, bad. I, I can be in, you know, ordering some Popeyes chicken. I can be in, you know, Von Mar buying a, you know, a tie bar from a tie. Whatever the case may be, someone can say, you know, oh, I don't like the way they look or they look suspicious, quote unquote. And you get the you get the police called on you. What what is this suspicious look? And you know, I, I would challenge those extra male individuals. Um, to think like that, you know, and, and like I said, I'm not I'm not saying you know a certain a certain race or creed or whatever because um, it, it's it's typically uh, individuals of Caucasian descent. But as we saw back in LA Fitness in LA, um, there was a Hispanic individual 
making some extra mayo-type decisions. Um, we also saw in Minnesota that there was, excuse me, in, in the Minnesota there was another Hispanic individual making some extra type, extra mayo-type decisions and comments with regards to African Americans. So when we say extra mayo, that goes to anyone who has that ideology, anyone who's thinking like that. But back to my point, what is this suspicious look? Because at this point in time, I can't even exist as a black man because I'm automatically suspicious. So, I mean, I think we really need to, you know, fine-tune things. We really need to take a, a long, hard look, um, especially our police forces, things like that. Certain scenarios, you know, come into play. I, I know that there's an obligation for you to, you know, at least show up and investigate or, you know, figure out what's going on. But for Kellen Winslow to spend, you know, five hours in jail, that's just ridiculous. You obviously know what's going on. He's not there doing anything at all, not causing harm to anyone, not suspicious at all. So these individuals should be able to deduce what really is suspicious and what isn't. Yeah, I mean, and it also it puts more work on the police because, you know, one thing Absolutely. is when I, when I gather from the police, they hate paperwork. That means you got to write it out, you got to follow up and do everything else, and it's for this mm-hmm. stupid stuff, so... Like I said, we, yeah. one of the things we're going to get down and ask, maybe we need to get some Caucasian people on the show and ask, why are you so fearful? Like I told the story before on the show, I had a coworker, and it was a black man in the parking lot of a public parking lot, and she wanted to call the police multiple times on it. Wasn't bothering anybody sitting in the car. So I'm thinking like, yeah. you know, if you, if I was sitting in most of them between me sitting in my car and him, yeah, we just work together. Right. Because if I didn't work here, you call the police on me too. I mean, I right. just, I, you know, absolutely, you know, and privilege leads to that because when you know you're not a person of color you know that white privilege that, that comes out which also the same person who wants to call the police said doesn't exist you know that she was able to you know she tried to explain to me that there, everyone starts at the same point if you work hard you can get what i have and vice versa so i just kind of smiled at her and changed the conversation because i knew that i knew that i knew where that was going but uh yeah so you know we, we joke about extra mayo and aioli and all that type of stuff but it's real Especially being a man yeah, it's, or it's, any it's person of color. Very, yeah. very, very real. All right. So let's let's jump on to the sit on the twist of my brother, man. So you want the first or the second one, man? <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and take the second one. <laughs> All right. So I I will take the first one. And the first one is from uh, Islam Ellsmurray, and he's from Portland, Maine. And he gets a Twizzler. It was a lady at his, uh, I think he had a, either a food cart or a stand or food truck, and she paid for her lunch in quarters, so he called her a nigger, threw a, a Gatorade bottle at her. This is on tape. Mm-hmm. And uh, squirted, I think, hot sauce on her. And all sauce, these yeah, yeah, hot sauce, hot sauce, yeah. All because she paid, paid, P-A-I-D, <laughs> for her lunch with quarters. <laughs> Now, right. You know, you know, if somebody's giving you any type of American currency, now it could have been a pain that she was paying in quarters, but to be able to call somebody, that's a hate. To me, that's a hate crime. Hey, I don't so, think I was about to say, that's a hate I don't crime. think it's gonna be treated like <laughs> that. So, Islam Melzmarie, I think he was making a halafu, and I'm not even being funny. I think that's what he had. You can go ahead and dip that halafu, rip that twizzler up, go ahead, put it in your intestine, bang your throat, and sit on it and spin, because that's that he should go to jail right. for a hate crime. So spin on that, yeah, take yeah, that should. and put it around your around your throat and die. Cause that, it should that be a hate crime. The fact the fact that he the fact that he's throwing items at her, and I, I can't remember if it struck her or not, but depending on whether it struck her or not, it's either assault or battery. So that that yeah. in itself should also be he, he should be charged with. But all of the above, man, all of the above. Hundred percent agree yes. with you, brother. 
Yeah, so he can go ahead and just kick so, the gallows out and hang himself. So you can go ahead and get the next kick Twizzler. Kick the gallows. Yeah, so uh, Bowtie is going to give uh, the Twizzler to uh, Bobby Paul Edwards. Uh, this is a I can't remember what type of restaurant. Do you remember what type of restaurant that was? He owned Mike J. I know you want to talk about it, but it was a cafeteria. It, is, it wasn't like a yeah chain. cafeteria. It was like a, a local place. His brother owned the restaurant, actually. Right. So nonetheless, uh, Bobby, Bobby Paul Edwards gets a Twizzler for using violence, using threats, using isolation, intimidation, and other tactics uh, for a, t- towards a uh, African American man that had an intellectual disability, a mental disability, uh, for, to work for up to 100 hours without pay. So pretty much this guy was intimidating this guy, threatening this guy into slavery to work at this cafeteria-style restaurant for him and his brother. 100 hours without pay. Can you imagine, my brother? Can you Not imagine? Not at all. What was that? <laughs> it's seven days a week. Was that? I don't usually do mad publicly, so we're looking at – He's looking at only about fourteen hours a day. Right. It's, right. Yeah. So yeah, Mr. Bobby, Paul, Bobby Paul Edwards, you can you can get that you can get that special edition. We're gonna go ahead and, and, and let you live in it. You can get that special edition Confederate flag Twizzler. That one that's got that's got the cross stripes right on it. It's gonna be tied in the middle and crossed right up and we're gonna shove it sideways right up your behind. That's what you get, Bobby Paul Edwards, because that's ridiculous. For this day and age, for you to take advantage of an individual, not only an individual of color, but an individual who obviously has a disability, obviously has a handicap, and you still go out of your way to take advantage of this by threatening this man with violence and intimidation and so forth, you deserve nothing. You deserve nothing but the worst things in life to happen to you going forward in your life, period. That's all I got for you, Bobby Paul. You get that twizzler. Yeah, I, I can't follow with anything else, man. This stuff I was reading was repugnant. I think he was burning them yeah. with grease. Uh, yeah. You know, this, you yeah. Know I mean, the fact that you do that to anybody, but somebody who is mentally, who has a mental dis, a mental disorder, is is, is sickening. Right. Uh, so right. hopefully, hopefully, if you know he goes to the pen, then you know you'll he'll, he'll be able to sit on the Twizzler literally, and why why and why people in in jail have their way with it. So shout out to Eyes. Have everybody ever seen the show Eyes? On HBO, and he made that man lick his boots, and then you know, and all those things started happening to him. Yeah. So hopefully, you need to hopefully have all that. You know, grease have grease poured on you. Have 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 yeah. hot have hot metal objects poured on you, as if you're being branded and so forth. All the things that you've done to this individual, to this man with his disability, Bobby Paul, you should have that happen to you twofold. Period. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, man. So let's. You know, go ahead and you know, you can just go ahead and just die by Paul Edwards too. But oh, let's get to this. Let's yeah. get to sports, man. So you know, oh, the, finals, the champs the are here. The champs the finals, are the here. Are over, man. <laughs> so Golden State, they won in the sweep. Uh, been a lot of LeBron slander, a lot of NBA stuff. But we want to get into that on really on our group chat show Wednesday. But I want to ask you something specifically because you know you like to talk about character and working hard and all this type of thing. So I mean, when you were watching watching the finals, did this change your opinion about LeBron as a competitor? Uh, I can't say it changed my opinion. I'm, I'm going to say no, not for me. Um, I still think that LeBron James is, is very much uh, a heavy competitor. I, I think that he showed throughout the playoffs, not just in this series, you know, especially in game one, but, uh, you know, that, that Celtics series, the Pacers series, um, that he, he's the ultimate competitor. He literally done everything that he could possibly do 
um, to, to try to will his team to win. Uh, it's just that going up against Golden State, there is not that much will in the world for one person, man. Uh, Golden State is too strong, too powerful, too good, man. Uh, and that's just what it is. So for me, it did not change anything for LeBron. And um, after you know, after the the, the the final game was shown, you know, you know, was over, and you know, they said that he pretty much played with a broken hand the last three games, and so forth and so on. They were showing comparisons of of his hand in game. Um, his yeah. left and right hand and how swollen his, his right shooting hand was. I mean, I commend the brother even for that, to go out and do what he did pretty much with one hand and still do what he did. Nah, I'm I'm good. LeBron James is the ultimate competitor, in my opinion. How about you, man? I, I mean, I agree, but it's also people, well, he should have still stopped on Durant in game three when Durant was, you know, they kept running that screen roll at the top, and then, you know, LeBron yeah. would go to the other person. I think it was May. I don't know if it was Steph or whomever. And then they would just switch mm-hmm. up, but it's also the Durant. Excuse me, he hit three thirty footers in that game. Yeah, that last three to break yeah. their back from thirty three feet away. Yeah, you know you can do for that because you get into yeah. his, I mean, kitchen that close, he's gonna drive by you and he's gonna finish. I mean, if he's hitting thirty three footers, there's nothing you can do about that one. There's nothing you can I mean, do Kevin, about that. Yeah, Kevin Durant is the best shot maker in the NBA. I mean, that's his point. Yeah. I mean, point blank. I mean, there he can. I would agree he with that. He can score from all three levels in an efficiency. He can come off your screen. He can take you one on one. He can finish at the rim, above the rim, shoot the three ball. Anything you want. Kevin Durant is like you remember we used to play like NBA Live like ninety. You know, we used to go to play like ninety eight. Oh first yeah. Great players. Kevin Durant was the yeah. prototypical. If you wanted to have a shooting guard that was six eleven, that's Kevin Durant. Who could do everything. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, he was crazy in the lab. I mean, yeah, I just, I, I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, and I'm not like a, and I would say, I'm not like a stand or anything like that. I'm just, you know, he, he, he beat my oh, team for the last five years. I mean, I don't, ha- you know, I don't have a favorite player, but I do respect basketball. But I, I, I no don't doubt. know what else he could do. Now, I don't know if I came out. I, with the Cavs. I don't know what else he could. Yeah, I don't know what else he could do with the Cavs either. And, and you know, and for those individuals who talk about him not staying home, you know, with KD on those on those switches and whatnot. You also got to look at, his, at LeBron's team. Maybe it was easier for his teammates not to have to worry about where they're switching and all that type of stuff. You know, you, LeBron mentioned playing with high IQ players. I think that it was very evident in a few games throughout the playoffs, not just this series, but a few games throughout the playoffs, that he didn't have very high, high IQ players or surrounding him. So maybe it was safer just to say, you know what, hey, it, it, it is what it is. You know, just, you know, Stay, stay with the ball, or you know what I mean? Like, what, what, whatever their no. game plan is. So I can't say that that's all on LeBron. He's got to work within the confines of his team. He's got to work in the confines of his coaching. And I don't want to hear all about, oh, LeBron's the coach, and he runs Tyrone Lou and so forth. I don't know that caveat. I'm respecting basketball for what it is. He's got to work within the confines of what's being called by the coach and for his teammates. Can't put it all on him, man. Yeah, so let me ask you this about Golden State. They've won three championships in four years, so I think that officially puts them as a dynasty. I always look at dynasties for teams that win three, three or more. So, and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go back from the time of talking about. Let's go from the time that you and I started watching basketball. So let's put us at like seven, eight years old. So let's put this at, let's put this at 1988, 1988 on. So that gives us what 30 years. What do you rank the Golden mm-hmm. State dynasty amongst the last 30 years? Man. Um... Without question, without question, they are top five uh, for me. Um, but I mean, honestly, I, I think that they that they could legitimately be higher. I mean, for for me, I'm I'm looking at 
excuse me, I'm, for me, I'm looking at, you know, of course, I'm looking at the Bulls squad. I'm looking at the Spurs team. Which, 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 but you got to think, this is like the Bulls. I'm looking at teams that won three. Oh, the three. Are you looking yeah, at first so or second? Make it easier for people. Are you, you know, because yeah, so the second one had different players, obviously, in the first. So let's look, let's right. break it so up. I, I'm, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the second one. I mean, if if I'm going to be honest, a totality, I'm, I'll I'll put I can include both, but personally, I'm looking at the second that second dynasty where you had Rodman, you had Coach, you had Harper, of course, Jordan, Pip, you had Cartwright. I mean, you I'm, I'm looking at I mean not Cartwright but uh, Longley. Um, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at that unit. Um, I'm looking at that Spurs team. Um, in my opinion, that Spurs team is a definite damn dynasty. The Spurs team, Tim Duncan, Ginobili, uh, Parker, you know, so forth and so on. Um, so I mean, I at that point, like I honestly, it, it, there's a bit of me that could, that would put that that Golden State team right there in third, um, because just Please. just the way they pl- they play so well together, I mean, it's it's tough for me. I don't I don't know, man. Uh, it, it it's a tough one, um, but I I really respect the way. Let's take let's take all the all stars and you know all of those players are great, but the way this Golden State team plays basketball, they have great ball movement. They have great movement without the ball. They have good spacing. Um, you've got guys, like you said, Livingston. I know Mike Jace talked about Livingston in the, uh, one of our previous episodes. Um, Iguodala, guys like that. You know, Javal McGee has been, you know, the, the butt-ass joke of the NBA for years, and he's come in and played solid for them. Um, you've got an anchor like David West that has come in and played really good for them and still played their style of ball. They didn't have to adjust. You know, when these roles guy, guys came in, those girl guys came in and were still playing that same style of ball, that same style of basketball. Um, I respect that, man. I mean, they, yes, they do have a lot of all-stars, Draymond, Clay, you know, Durant, Steph, you know, so forth. They've got, they've got really great talent. Um, but I respect the way that Kerr has them playing basketball, man. Um, but it's tough. I mean, I, I, I guess I could put them in that three. Um, I, know, I know you've got a Lakers team in there that – it's tough, bro. That's tough, man. Yeah. So let me let me. The difference for I say Golden State ranks so high is you look at those other teams. So you look at let's just say that all right. Let's just say if I went back and talked about how was you know the Celtics they won in I think eighty six, eighty mm-hmm. I think eighty six eighty four, and I think eighty one. All right. So eighty one. So if you throw those in there, the difference between. You know, Golden State and the Lakers with Magic, and then the Lakers again with Shaq and Kobe, and the Kobe. Bulls with mm-hmm. Jordan and Pippen. Is the Golden State used to three ball? If you look at those, yeah. if you look at those statistics, man, those cats wasn't you know. Then the three point line came to NBA nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty season. All right, Chris Ford, first person mm-hmm. to hit three pointer in NBA game. The Golden State, if you get if you look at efficiency, if you know you know you might keep doing he's doing work, he's getting to the bucket or he's sitting back getting making that efficient. You know, fifteen footer. Well, you got this man right. at six eleven is shooting thirty, hitting thirty three foot threes. You got a six foot yeah, that can shoot third from thirty five feet. So that's why yeah. I, you know, I, you know, I look at Golden State. It's like, whoa, this is something we haven't seen. The only team that was kind of close to that were those bad boys Pistons because they they had big men, but they weren't guys who cluttered the post. You know, they were kind of like Golden State before Golden State. You had to. You had the you had the dynamic backcourt that could score and get their own shot. You had a you had a guy like a Mark Aguirre who could score. He could score, you know, from the three and the four. He was too quick for four. Is too strong for mm-hmm. three. Had the defender and Rodman, which would be Draymond, and then you know Bill Lambert because he would be like your stretch five, right? 
you know, and then Sally yep. needs to protect the realm. So you look at those so you things. Got Sally those and have, yeah, it has has all that, but they shoot the three ball. That's why I think yeah. this team is different. Why people say, oh, you know, some people say they couldn't beat the Bulls. Like, yeah, if, you, if I'm coming down, you getting two, but I'm coming down with three, and we can't do revisionist history. It's like, oh, they were shooting. Because we can go on the shots they were taking. You know, they were shooting right. efficient mid-range shots. But on the other hand, these are efficient three-point shots. So, and they shoot them at a high clip. So that's why it's, it's hard to compare basketball of different eras. But I'm not a Warriors eras, yeah. fan. But the, 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 the adjunct of the three-point. I also think – Go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say I I, I definitely I hundred percent agree with you on that. I mean, the, the, at, at the rate that the Warriors are shooting, they shoot the three ball where they can shoot the three ball from with consistency with accuracy is is different. I was gonna say the other side of the, the the other side of the coin is that you know that that defense that defense side of the ball. So you know again different eras. You don't know you've got you know you've got a lot more physical play late eighties early nineties. You got hand check and so forth and so on, but uh, I, the other thing I was going to say is that you have you got to look at who can guys defend certain guys. You know, does Jordan get get Clay in foul trouble, or 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 does Pippen get you know does Pippen and Draymond get it, or, or Rodman? You know, do they cancel each other out? Um, you look at you know does does Durant and Bird you know what happens there? Does Durant get Bird in foul trouble because he's so he's quick and can get to the bucket? You know. So I, I think you got to look at that too, because yeah, these guys may be able to hit the three or be efficient in the mid in the mid range game, but it doesn't really matter if they're not on the court. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that play, in my opinion, I think that that plays a bit of a part in it too. Uh, you know, just yeah, kind of who's, who's guard, who that sort of deal. The zone defense, NBA doing those times, you can yeah, zone defense yeah. up now. So you know, it's it's a lot to say, man. I, I have to say this, you Agreed. know, Golden State's one of the greatest teams because you look at Houston, they shoot a lot of threes. But Golden oh, State, yeah. they don't shoot as many threes, but they're more efficient because Houston just comes down and chucks them. But, you know, Golden State, yeah, they, they make the game so easy because they get so many easy buckets. I count on like eight or nine layups just on simple screen and roll to JaVale McGee. Yeah. He was just cleaning up, getting layups. I was about to say, JaVale McGee cleaned up. <laughs> JaVale McGee uh, cleaned up, bro. And then on the other side, I mean, JaVale McGee is able – he he runs the floor. You know, he runs the floor yeah. pretty well. I mean, he was a de- – when he was out there, he was decent passer. You know, when, when he would get the ball, he was able to kick it out because he would get the ball so, so so de- you know, deep in the post. They were, you know, they were collapsing on him to try to prevent those layups and dunks, but he was able to, to kick it out to that corner. And I know, I know Livingston hit one in the corner. Um, I can't think of the other the other guys. Now, he was in the G League and, and came up. Oh, man, I can't think of his name, but he McGee kicked it out to him one time, you know, on the opposite corner and hit it. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, they get such easy buckets and they cause you to react. Like, your defense is never really in place. It's all reactionary with the way they move the ball and so forth. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you, man. They are one of the um, – probably one of the greatest teams, greatest dynasties, you know, that the NBA will see. So, it'll be interesting to see what they do next year. And we'll get dive deeper into the NBA stuff our clothes is to have a NBA group chat show. We'll talk about free agency, the draft, and, you know. Group chat? Yeah, so shout out to group chat. So I'm calling I'm calling them, brother. I sent the group, the group text out on last week. So I'm hoping Wednesday night, call in. We'll, we'll set it up, and we're going to have a really good show. We haven't done it in a while, so I'm excited for that. So we'll definitely have no some doubt. takes on that. So, uh, but, yeah, man, let's switch to the NFL, man. So, you know, the Hall of Fame, T.O., said he's not going to the ceremony. Now, have you been have you been following that? I've been following it, yeah, man. Um, I 
I don't know. Like I, I res- whatever whatever man decides to do, um, I re- I respect it. You know what I mean? If that's uh, if that's T.O.'s wishes to you know, for whatever reason, if he doesn't you know like what's going on in the NFL or you know he's got issues with certain people that whatever the case may be, I respect that. Um, what my opinion is, Terrell Owens. This is what this is his third time he's been on the ballot. He finally made it. There was a lot of uh, he hyped it up a lot, and you know there was a lot of talk surrounding it coming from him and different stuff. And then for you to finally get it, and it's like, nah, I'm good. I'm not going. I'm going to celebrate somewhere else. It's kind of one of those things. Was like, man, so what was you doing all this other time? Just, just for them to say, yeah, you're in. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. But like I said. I, I like T.O. Uh, as a player. I respect his decision as a man. You know, hey, do do what you do, but um, I don't know. And then his tirade, you know, about, you know, Michael Michael Irvin and, and Jason Whitlock and all that type of stuff, to me, that's some of that stuff's just extra, man. Like, why, why are we even going there? You know, for me, it's like at the height, you know, of all this, you're about to be inducted. Michael Irvin's already in the Hall of Fame. Like, why – why are you going after to tear another brother down? Even if you feel he's a quote unquote Uncle Tom or or what have you, there's no need for you to try to tear another brother down like that. Let's let's bask in the glory that, that you are two black men who were you know great at, at, you know at your craft and your profession, and you've made it to the you know you made it to the hall, you made it to the to the creme de la creme. Now let's just enjoy that, man. That's just my take. Yeah, and I mean I guess from what I understand, I guess Michael Irvin is. And him and T.O. were texting, and Michael Irvin read the text. I don't know. I, I wasn't watching it. But, I mean, you know, I know Terrell Owens talks about his family, like the women in his life. I think his mom's grandmother and his mother, and, you know, I think his dad didn't know his dad, and his dad was across the street. I would take that time, this is me personally, to big them up, to let the world know of yeah. what they did for me. And I ain't going to lie. I, right. might, I'm, I might be like Michael Jordan and throw some singers in there. Like, you know, Michael Jordan has Hall of Fame speech. I mean, it was cool, but, yo, Mike was talking about people from, like, ninth grade. You know, I might throw some zingers <laughs> at you then, but I, I would okay. never not – I wouldn't want, you know, I wouldn't want my family to miss out on something where I'm getting put into the best of the best. It's because, you know, I'm upset about something. So, you know, and you don't know how mad that okay. man is. And maybe he's been the first battle Hall of Famer, but, man, don't – it's about your family, man, at, at this point. I mean, you know, that your kids and your people, your relatives get to see you go to the, be the best of the best. So I hate that it's like we're talking about, we're not talking about T.O. going to the Hall of Fame for what he did on the field. We're talking about some tweets and him not going. So it's just, it's just sad, man. You know, the thing about Jason Willock yeah. about the donut thing was funny. Something about you lose 100 pounds <laughs> and then we can, I can do that. And, you know, that was funny. But, you know, it's just like it just makes you, you talking about miss me getting advice from a cokehead like Michael Irvin. Like, bruh. <laughs> oh shit! Man, like it's gonna come down here, man. So hopefully we can, you know, we don't lose a news reception here, man. So let's go ahead and speed through this, man, my man. No doubt. Hey, man. So chop it up, right? You sent both sides sent me this. So do you watch Black Ink? And because if you don't, then I'll kind of fill the listeners in for those. I I do not watch Black Ink Crew. My, my wife is an avid watcher of Black Ink Crew, but I do not. I couldn't tell you. Uh, pretty much nothing about any of the shows. I know that there's like a Chicago and a New York and a Miami and, you know, different yeah. stuff, kind of like um, love and hip hop or whatever, but I couldn't tell you anything about the shows. I just saw that clip and sent it to Mike J, but I'm going to let Mike J go into Black, to, uh, Black Ink Crew because I don't know anything about it. Okay, so anyway, make it, I mean, I don't watch it like religiously, but I've seen it. So they're in Chicago and Black, Black Ink Crew is, is kind of problematic. You know, I do, I have watched some of the work they've done. They've done some 
down the tattoo of uh, actually somebody who I think I think played for the Colts anyway. So his brother one season they were in with some strippers and his girl and his little lady walks in and the stripper was on his back and he like back body dropped her off of him so he wouldn't get caught. So that kind of goes you know <laughs> leads into what we're talking about now. So one of the main characters he's a he does tattoos but he's a rapper so he got a great opportunity to go to L.A. to work with a producer. I think it was London on the track. I know he did. Uh, it ain't yeah. about, I ain't about the money. Some other tracks, right? Yeah. So he There's said he had to go to L.A. Go out to L.A. and work. So my man's lady gets upset, and she throws a glass of liquid in his face and pours cereal on his head. So we want to talk about, you know, kind of yeah. talk about the like her behavior. Yeah. So what is starts throwing yeah, in the clips he was throwing his clothes down the stairs, and yeah, like yelling at him. I think I I couldn't re- I can't remember. I have to go back and but like did she, did she like smush his face or smush his head or something like that when he got got no. up to walk away? And... No, so I just remember her pouring and throwing the thing in his face the, in the cereal, and then cause it was on like a minute long clip. So yeah. I don't know. So I kind of want to talk about the thoughts of that, you know, of, of how she yeah. was acting. Okay. About... Go ahead, go ahead, Mike J. No, 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 no. Go ahead. No, it's on you, bro. I was, I was gonna say, uh, what, what prompted me to send this to Mike J is that um, everyone knows how Mike J and I, we've talked about it on the show. Uh, everyone in our personal lives know how we feel about domestic violence, um, how we feel about um, black love, how we feel about individuals, and just kind of how they carry themselves, you know, within the within the black community. Um, so I sent this to Mike J and was like. I know this is a reality show, and I know something. A lot of things are done for ratings, and you know, character building, and all that type of stuff. I said, but the, these actions are things that happen um, too often in everyday life. Not in my everyday life, um, but you hear about them. You see it. You see it when people record it on, you know, YouTube and World Star and so forth and so on. I saw a video clip of uh, uh, just the other day on YouTube right after I sent this. Um, Clip to Mike J. These young, this young man looked like he's about 18, 19 years old. His young lady was probably, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old. And he had hung up the phone and he had said something about, I don't know, if, I didn't hear him say the word bae, but she thought that he said the word bae. So she just like slaps his phone out of his hand, like pushes him while he's sitting down. He's like, yo, what, you know, you need to chill, whatever, whatever. She, she starts going off and she snuffs, dude, like closed fist. Like literally snuffs dude, and he he takes the punch and he's like, "Yo, I'm out." He tries to get up, and she put like she uses her body weight, pushes him back down, and snuffs him again. So it's like mm. I sent this to Mike Day. Is like why why is this you know seemingly you know in, in some respects acceptable for a man? Why why do we have to be the individuals that are just going to take you know? The, the the violence, take the punishment, take the beating, and, you know, whatever the case may be. In both of these scenarios, you know, for the black ink crew, God wasn't trying to be aggressive to her. He was just kind of like, wow, you know, and but he wasn't trying to put his hands on her. He didn't retaliate, nothing like that. But it makes it seem, even from the show standpoint, even from rating, it makes it seem like this is okay for our young women to act this way, for women to act this way, you know, in regards so that's why I sent it to Mike J just to spark up a conversation. It was like, you know, in my opinion, I think it was way overboard for, you know, her response. That's number one. Number two, for the fact that this gentleman is just trying to follow his dream and you act this way, like where's the support? Where's the black love? Where is, you know, 
okay, I really think that, you know, I don't think you could be a rapper, but, you know, if this is an opportunity and this is a great opportunity, not some, you know, you know, shit in the grass type opportunity, but if this is a, you know, you're going out with a major producer, he wants you to come out, this might be a chance. Like, where's the support even in that? Even if you don't, you personally don't believe in your your mate or spouse or whatever, if this is a viable opportunity, where's that at? So that that was the that was a preference or you know the reason why I sent that to Mike J and I'm gonna let Mike J chime in. But I just wanted to give you guys some feedback as to why and where I was coming from with sending it to Mike J before we start really talking about it. So Mike J, go ahead and chime in and and, and give the folks your thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean I just think I mean we just talked about the whole. I mean personally I think it was for TV, but let's just take that let's just strip that away because these are everyday scenarios where. Where you know there's you know somebody in the relationship putting their hands on someone or throwing their items or doing all the tough stuff you shouldn't do, and it goes back to the support. Like you know now I can see her being hurt. That it seems from the clip he didn't consult with her. He just made the decision to do it. And I'm saying he has to ask permission. But you have a partner. You know, trusted the partner's gonna leave from Chicago to go to L.A. And you know you love mm-hmm. this person. Of course you want to be feel like hey you know. You know, I this is this is what I'm thinking about doing, but you know, I think she got. It seems like she got upset because he just said this is more important than anything. You know, but you know, I think it was for TV. But this is a support factor. If you're gonna go out and do something, you know, then you mm-hmm. you want your partner to have your back. And he he, he wasn't right. asking her to give up everything to come out with him. He said, "No, nah, run your business here. This is what I got to do." And I'm sure he wasn't gonna be out there. I'm sure London on the track is super busy. So I'm sure they weren't going to be on right. that enough in probably about a month or so. It's that, work on some music, because it's not like how it was in the, in the 90s where cats were on albums for a year. These cats are now kicking out songs, you know, a couple a day. So I don't think he was yeah. going to be out there that, that long. Things like, hey, let's work, let's see what you got, and keep it, keep it moving. So I don't think he, unless he was talking about signing him or something like that, but, you know, that changes the whole thing. But I think it's a support. Anything you do, you want somebody who you love to support you and love you unconditionally. You want to be there for that person as well. So I think that was the most disappointing fact. Beyond the fact that do I think it was for TV or not, I think it was that the need for support. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. So definitely, definitely agree with that. Like I said, I mean, we we all hear and see on different social medias, and you know, talk about it. You hear it in the community or whatnot. You know, black love and you know, doing something positive, doing something where. You know, you're not bringing down your community, you know, selling jugs, killing, whatever the case may be. And like I said, you, you talk about black love. We all talk about black love and, you know, support and being in relationships. And then for something like this to happen, like I said, whether it's for ratings or not, it's putting out that image and putting out that um, that perception like that this, this is okay. And, but, and this is completely contradictory to what you always hear people talk about. So, you know, where was the uplifting? You know, where was that support? So forth and so on. So, um, I, I definitely agree with Mike J. I mean, there could it could have been handled a lot better, very differently. Um, but again, you know, we we don't know how much is for TV, how much wasn't. We don't know the the intricate intricacies of the relationship. But uh, whatever the case may be, I hope that each one of them prosper, um, not only in their careers, but in you know in their businesses, but you know in their relationship. I hope that you know this type of behavior that that she displayed. Um, kind of goes away. Oh, I don't know if it's anger management or just counseling or whatever the case may be. Um, I don't think that anybody should be in a situation where they're being uh, in domestic violence, whether it's physical, mental, 
um, spiritual, whatever the case may be. Um, nobody has to go through that. So definitely prayers for them and hope that they can overcome all that and, and, and both be um, very pros- prosperous in all of their life, man. For yeah, sure. so yeah, you definitely want to do more of the stories, hold your partner down, or at least, you know, yeah. that whole, and even if you get upset, the hitting and all that, that could have went bad real quick. But let's just say that he, you know, did the thing and swung back at her or pushed her. You just never know what could, right. what could happen. And then that, you know, that person ends up getting hurt, and everybody it's just a bad situation for everyone. So, you know, I don't, yeah, you know, agree. And, and I have sisters, so I have four sisters. I always tell them, hey, do not go ahead and put your hands on some man. I'm not saying it's right mm-hmm. for him to hit you back, but don't even open up that door. No, Sometimes no, no, no. you open up Pandora's box and you get something that you really don't want. So, yeah, you know, that's something that you know you will definitely want to think about going forward, man. So, but man, let's get back to these movies. Usually we <laughs> talk about albums. But before, we, let's talk about, I do want to say that I did see something the other day. It was like, I think it was 10 or 11 years since T-Pain dropped his first album. And I don't think it was a classic, but Mike J was in the clubs heavy during those times. And can I buy you a drink? And uh, what's that song he had with <laughs> Akon and all that type of stuff? If a brother was snapping wow. to get it on. So I shout out to my homeboy, Pure, who was terrorizing clubs and from that town to Nashville to Cashville during that time, man. Shout out, shout out to avoid that. People come with us, you know, sometimes too. But, man, that T-Pain used to go hard in the clubs. So I hey, man, what, was that the same T-Pain that had uh, that song Shawty on there? Or was that was that a ply song that T Pain was on? That was that was plies with T Pain okay. on the song on the hook. Hey, that was one, that yeah. was that was my joint too, man. That was my joint yeah. too, man. Shout shout out to shout out to one of my home one of my homegirls, Lulu. We used to rock that um <laughs> uh in our profession when we were taking care of people uh in the hospital. And that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna incriminate us, but shout out to her because that was our joint. <laughs> yeah, man. So that month had some that had some joints on there that I used to like uh that I used to bump like heaven, heavenly, and they were bumping the club. So I think I don't know if it was uh, I don't know if it was a pissing. Yeah, I'm in love with called. a stripper on there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm in love with a stripper remix was a in love stripper with a remix was a problem. Yeah, yeah, by yeah, it had some daggone songs on there. So T Pain went hard during those times. So definitely want to, you know, shout out to T Pain. I think it was last week. But it was like 11 years, but yeah, we it was some hard cuts up in there. But let's talk about these movies, man. So first, let's talk about Class Act. I know this is one of our personal favorites. Came out in 1992. <laughs> hey, man, so give me your favorite. favorite scenes of Class favorite scenes of Class Act. Oh man, man, where do I where do I begin? Like my Jay said, man, this is one of my one of my all time favorite movies, man. But I think uh, I think one of my favorite scenes. Or I should say, I think one of my favorite scenes was definitely the scene where. <laughs> Uh, Duncan Parenty Hughes, a.k.a. Uh, Kid, remember he was up in the room and he had a young lady with him. And oh, man, you're going to steal You're going to start that off? That's at the very end, bro. You got to go early. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, go ahead now. Hey, you, man. Hey, that was my joy. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and chime in, my Jay, because because you 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 describe this scene a lot better than I do. I don't do it justice. It was just one of my favorite scenes. I want you to shine because because Yo, you so go was, through this scene and it's epic. <laughs> so it was just like uh, so you hear him in the, in the bed having sex. So shout out to like. Can you imagine y'all being in high school in your parents' crib knocking something down while they sleep? Getting mad or rotted too. <laughs> so that was one. That one was like mad problematic. So you know, Duncan's up in there. He's laying the little chocolate bag down, and she was strapped. And so you know, the cops oh, come in. 
And he, he was like, oh, son. He was like, dad, we're kind of in the middle of something. Number two, yo, can you imagine your daddy or daddy walking in while you knocking something down on the, in their house? No. And you talking about like, yo, I'm <laughs> no. like, like, get out. <laughs> That's number two. And then number three, he was just like, he was like, dad. <laughs> he was like, oh, he was like, you know, like, would you like a beverage or anything? And he was in there. Then he, <laughs> he, then he like, oh, he said, son, we have your... Did you have your Jimmy hat on? Have your Did Jimmy he like hat him? on? <laughs> and then he hit him with the, like, you know, that, that T-snap that you like, pride and joy. Yeah. So then my man, like, walks out, like, ooh, he starts dancing down the hallway. He was like, our son Duncan is making it with a hot babe in his room. Boy, babe. was she stacked. <laughs> she's like, oh, Charles. And he's like, oh. <laughs> said, hey, man. <laughs> Hey man, and then and then, but to top it off, old Charles ended up going and laying his old mama down. Like I'm like y'all, y'all room the room, room <laughs> y'all room the room. In the stand. <laughs> hey man, wait, Charles. No shit. He, he was looking at it. Hey, shout out to shout out to cats that use that don't use rubbers. But uh, so <laughs> shout out. Shout out. Hey, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out raw our boy back. Raw dog, raw dog, raw raw dog, dog assassin. assassin. <laughs> hey man, he was raw dog before he settled down. So shout out to that man. But you know, so uh, you know, he's getting in there, man. So let me, so let me ask you a question about this thing. We got a little time. You know, you got two boys, man. So you know, you got your oldest son. He's living up in the crib or whatever. And you know, you hear some sounds. You you pop up in the door and you see him with something that's stacked. What do you do? Hey man, no, nah, you gonna have to. You, you can't be knocking nothing down in my damn crib. That's just, hey, that's just the way it is. And I don't care if you call it hate and salt shaking. Nah, you're not knocking something down in my crib. I'm gonna be like, look, you, y'all need to carry that somewhere else, son. Make sure you're protecting yourself. These hoes ain't loyal. Like, but you can't, yeah. you can't be knocking something down in my daggone house, especially if I'm in there chilling. You know, oh, Charles was reading a dag. He was doing a crossword puzzle or something yeah. like that. <laughs> and you have, you have to. You upstairs knocking her down? No, that's not happening. You can't do it. Now. I mean, you knocking her down crib. loud too. You ain't even like trying to get that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Action. And you open there. Ah, ah. I'm like, whoa, 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 now. And you know, nah, man, no, nah, you can't. Like, I can't. I can't have that too. Too. That's my yeah. castle, man. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's that's my castle. And that, I'm I'm the only one. I'm I'm the only one clapping something up and through there. So no, no, can't have it. I'm not hating on you, but but if you're gonna try to do that, you you got to move on with that son. You know, you better yeah. you better grab up a couple twenties or something. You know, try to get a little room, something like that. I don't know. As long as you, if you're gonna do that, if you bold enough to do it, hey, strap up, make sure you protect yourself, keep it pushing. Yeah, I rather you career, just, especially not when I'm there. I rather you just lie. I rather you just lie to me and say you need some money for some Jordans or something. I give you the money and you say yeah. you stand over your homeboy's house with y'all in the hotel room knocking it down. At least I could say um, I didn't know. But bro, you ain't gonna have you ain't yeah. gonna come up in your room and then you you washing your nasty cum filled sheets and with my sheets? I don't know. <laughs> ain't, gonna be, right. ain't gonna be no ain't gonna be no cross contamination, bro. Not at all. No, no. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, man. So, all right, man. So hey, my, one, about, of, the, one of my one of, one of my one of my other scenes. One of my other scenes was was uh, when they was in the classroom, and I can't think of dude's name, but he was like, "Yo, Danita, why you not playing with my frog? <laughs> it's your frog ain't hopping my way. Hey, your frog ain't hopping my way. Hey, man. And that gentleman's name was Wedge. Oh yeah, Wedge. That was his name, Wedge. Hey man, that yeah. that show that that dad movie was so problematic. Then you had Tommy Smalls, and I don't even know yeah. I was, what's his name. Tommy Smalls even in the movie? 
It was. It was. It was. Yeah, when it was, Mink, yeah. Yeah, you had Mink in there. They was they was in they was in that daggone museum going around. Yeah. He got scared by he got scared by that wax figure. He yeah. made that like that carnal like hyena sound and got his like <laughs> tail stepped on or something. Like, ah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's man, who's that? Jimmy Swagger. <laughs> yo, Mink, he was hey, Mink man. was right. Yo, Mink was right. Commit murder. Was selling dope to kids. Yo, Mink was a beast. Yeah. All in a green jack. Yo, Mink had that man like, Mink. had wedge. Had the pistol on him and had that man uh, tied up with that on jumper cables. Yeah. And then he had my man yeah. on a ponytail and the other black dude out of line. Yo, this movie has so many like underrated jewels. And not even talking about hey, Michael Charles, aka Blade Brown. Michael Charles, aka Blade. Hey, Blade Brown did have a sick little truck though. His little whip was oh, nice. A, yeah. Remember when he had her in the in the car? He was like, "Yo, he was like, is that he, he, what, what was he? What did he say? Was he talking about her bra? He's like, is that touched by a horse? Like, yeah, get out of here, you little creep. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yo, I didn't know Hillary Banks was stacked like that. But yeah, man. So Hillary Banks. Hey man, hey, man that, that movie is so damn classic. I could talk about, you know, you know, you sit back, man, and. Oh, my part, the underrated part is when a Duncan punks Blade in the damn uh in the damn Jamaican restaurant. Well, let's set the preface off when you know he was just like they you know they rolled up on Duncan. You know Duncan's out there with Danita or the titty as he called her at first, and they out yeah. there at the Jamaican restaurant. You know them three dudes like, can I dance with your lady? He's like, uh, she's like you gonna let them talk to me like that? He was like, I love, I like a female <laughs> with a mouth. So like, you Jerry Curl wearing. Them is my parts, bro. But for those who haven't seen it, man, go check out the movie Class Act, man. Y'all definitely need to check it out. It's a good laugh. It's a good old school movie. You know what I'm saying? But y'all, it definitely, definitely enjoyable, man. Definitely. Yeah, man. Also, shout out to them like staying out all night. I'm like, ain't no damn way I could stay out all night at 17, 18. You got that women up in the house, voices out there wilding. Yo, they going to the they going to the club. They in the adult club, and Blade got. You know, he got all the swag and everything. You know, it's like, God, dog, boy, doing it up big. Seems to be like hey, 17. Mas swagito. Mas swagito. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. So, all right. So, let's talk about another L movie. Came out in 1991. And that will be Jungle Fever. You know, came he's out got Spike Jungle Lee. Fever. He's got <laughs> Jungle Fever. They got Jungle <laughs> Fever. They're in, They're in love. <laughs> she's going hey, white boy. She's going white boy crazy. <laughs> hey man. Hey boy. Enjoy, man. Shout out movie. Shout out Steve. Yeah, shout out Steve Wonder Boy. You know, Steve's still knocking them down, boy. Knocking them down. They be correct too. <laughs> I remember I was watching this video that my man Fredo Starr from Onyx said he was talking, he was at a Hollywood party, Stevie was there, and this chick with a fat ass walked by, and Stevie turned his head. Yo, I still think Stevie, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, though, man. 
I don't know. Sometimes I'll be thinking, like, yo, he got the receding hairline. He's dressed like he's a Star Trek character. But, yeah, I think Stevie can see. So, shout out to Stevie, man. But let's talk about Jungle Fever, man. Star Trek character. <laughs> hey, man, you ever see how Stevie's dressed up, man? He's like one of those, uh, like, not like on the show. I'm talking about when they did the movies, like when Khan and them was going out and they're fighting Khan. That's how they be having Stevie oh, dressed, man. He be looking like oh, his clothes be looking like a damn, uh, like a shower curtain. They didn't wrap around his dang on torso. But, you know, Stevie might be blind, <laughs> but he's still eating. <laughs> so, hey, yeah, man. man. No doubt. Let's talk about Jungle Fever, brother. Hey, man, it was an iconic movie, classic movie, number one, iconic movie. Set the tone, set the precedent for a lot of a lot of conversation, a lot of uh, ways of life. It gave a, a, a big uh, – uh, put a big lens on to different aspects of how folks was living and what they wanted to do, you know. So for those who don't know jungle fever, what the term means or, you know, whatnot, it's pretty much interracial dating. Uh, you know, well, you know, it doesn't matter. Black, white, you know, white, black, Hispanic, Puerto Rican, you know, uh, what, whatever, Asian and, and Filipino, whatever the case may be. That, that's just what it re- was referred to. Um, and back then, uh, it wasn't something. Let me take let me take that back. It isn't in many circles something that is that is. Uh, Looked upon, you know, in a in a in a uh, positive in a positive light, um, and that is, it's not looked upon, you know, greatly by certain people in the black community, certain people in the white community, and what, whatever nationality you are, um, there's a lot of individuals who, um, you know, are hated to the point where you know they're they're bigoted and, and hateful about it. Uh, it. It's not looked upon in certain ways, you know, from the stance of that there are certain stigmas. Um, I can only speak to, you know, the black community and the things that we hear and talk about in the black community as far as, you know, um, dating outside your race. But needless to say, that that movie shed a lot of light on a lot of problems, a lot of issues, got a lot of conversation started, but just it it put a lens on how individuals um, were living and how how, um, I think it was a very impactful movie uh, just because it put a a big spotlight on all of that. by far, because I, 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 by far, my favorite scene, I shouldn't should say by far, but it's probably my, my favorite scene, is um, it's kind of toward the, toward the end of the movie, very problematic scene, as Mike J would say, where your boy Gator, who is played <laughs> by Samuel L. Samuel L. Jackson, uh, his brother is uh, Wesley Snipes' character. I can't think of his damn name. Um, Flipper. Ah, uh, Flipper, yeah. Flipper, yeah. And uh, Flipper, yeah. So, um and then uh, uh, um, um, Samuel L. Jackson's uh, lady friend happens to be Halle Berry. Also, her character's name is Vivian. Nonetheless, here's the scene. Him, uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Halle Berry's characters are walking through the park. Samuel L. Jackson's character's, you know, crackhead, basehead, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> drughead. Um, his brother, Wesley Snipes, is an is a ar- architect. Uh, Vivian is his little crackhead lady friend or whatnot. Um, and Spike Lee's character, damn, I can't think of Spike Lee's character's name. You remember his Spike Lee's character, Cyrus? Oh man, yeah, um, Cyrus, yeah. Snitching ass Cyrus. So Spike, snitching ass Cyrus. So um, Gator, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, they they roll up on, they they come up, they come up on the Western Snipes and Spike Lee's character in the park, and uh, he's, you know, they're talking and you know shooting shit. He's like, hey, this is my lady Vivian, and you know, this is my brother Flipper. This is his man Cyrus. He's like, you know, my brother's an architect, Cyrus. I don't know what you do for a living, you know. Tell me what you do. He's like, I teach high school. He was like, oh yeah, this, this nigga teaches high school classes, whatever, whatever. 
Uh, so Spike Lee's character gets very nervous. He's like, well, I got to go. Uh, <laughs> Wesley Snipes' character's like, are you leaving? You leaving me? You go, he's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, I, I got I to gotta go. So he dips on out. So Gator, Samuel L. Jackson's character, is like, you know, he asks Vivian, hey, can you go stand to the side real quick? I need to talk to two brothers. Can we get reacquainted? <laughs> Holly Berry's character, like, goes the hell off. I mean, and it's just so funny, their interaction. She's like, I'm not going no damn where. He was like, bitch, if you don't walk across over there and just sit there, I'm trying to get this damn money. She's like, it's cold. He said, I don't care. <laughs> he said, I want you to take this cigarette, take this lighter, and carry your ass right on over there so I can get this money. You're messing up the game. And she's like, but it's still cold outside. He said, he said, bitch, it's going to get even colder if you stay over here. <laughs> I mean, but the whole interaction is just hilarious. So then after she finally walks away, <laughs> Samuel Jackson's character walks up to, to Wesley Snipes' character, like, doing, like, this little dance or whatever. And Wesley Snipes' like, man, the dance isn't going to work this time, man. I'm not giving you no money. I'm going to give you a red cent. Hey, man, Samuel Jackson's character keep on dancing. He's like, look, either you're going to give me the money or I'm going to have to bang, I'm gonna have to hit some elderly person over the head and get this money. Or I'm going to have to rob somebody. I don't want to do this. You think I like hitting elderly people over the head so I can get my money, so I can get my, so I can get my high? No. So come on, man. Come on. You can't do me this one solid. <laughs> Wesley Snipes' character gives him the money. <laughs> Finally gives him the money. And Samuel L. Jackson's character looks at him and was like, thank you, my brother. He, like, gives him this fake high five. He starts doing the dance again. <laughs> then he's like, he holds, up, he holds up the money and was like, we getting high tonight because I am a crackhead. And he starts singing this, like, crackhead song. Man, I was rolling. Like that, like it has nothing to do with the premise of the movie, or you know, none of that type. It, it's just a funny ass scene, and their interaction, like all interactions, were gold. There was, you know, interaction between Spike Lee and Wesley Snipes, the interaction between Spike Lee and and Samuel L. Jackson, of course, Samuel L. Jackson and Holly Berry's characters. You know, like every interaction was just like gold for me, and that's why that stands out. It also, for me, was displaying black excellence. I mean. Look at the success that each one of these individuals have had, you know, over the course of their career. Um, and they were all in this movie. And there were other uh, prominent black actors in this movie as well. But um, Ruby, for me, it was Ruby, just a, it was a, uh, Ozzy Davis. Ruby D? Yeah, Ruby yeah, D. Ruby, Ruby D. D. Ozzy Davis was in, <clears throat> excuse me, was in, was in the Dagon movie. Ozzy Davis was in the movie. Don't forget that Queen Latifah was in the movie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, man. Go. It, the, the, the list goes on, man. But. Um, that that scene right there, um, just just to see. Don't don't forget that Charlie Murphy was in the movie too, by the way. Oh yeah, um, he was like, yeah, he was like, man, that's that, like the cracking in for Trump for Taj the Taj Mahal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, but that but that particular scene, those are four uh, heavy hitters in Hollywood when it comes to black stars, black actors, um, and their talent was showcased just in that scene. Um, granted, it was a small scene, but the four of them in that scene and how spot on the interactions were, how spot on you know that that scene took place, I, I loved it. So that was a that's a second reason why I love that scene, man. But I've been talking a lot, Mike J. You get the people what you like about Jungle Fever. Besides, oh the, man, besides the that first shout out to the Gator. Hey, yeah, Gator, Gator doing the dance for Ruby D. She's like, dance. He started doing that dance. Man. <laughs> anytime, anytime Gator hit the dance, man, was this. Uh, yeah, this is one of those one of those Classic. things, man. I, I thought it was funny, man. So, I mean that, and then I also like this. I like the scene of Queen Latifah being rude to them, and then you know they're getting that because yeah. it's, it's so easy to say, oh, it's just you know white people are the ones that hate it, but like to see that the go back and forth of seeing you know Angela, 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 
you know, her brothers mm-hmm. and, yep. and her father who hated it. Then, you know, them dealing with the issue in the uh, in the restaurant. But then, like, in the cafe? Her, yeah. Yeah, and then, ha- and then her, like, not having anything after, you know, after all said none, because, you know, Flipper goes back, he gets back with his wife. So, and I was, you know, that, but also... Was that, was that, was that... Was that her daddy that that flipped out in the apartment where he where he was about to hit her with that, that light? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but like Mike J said, like Mike J said, man, you know, it's not it's not just um, it's not just one sided, you know, for from individuals. There's a lot of that, you know, in the black community. Um, and I'm not going to get into stereotypes and things that people say, but you know, it's a it's a big conversation amongst um, black women and black men, you know, with regards to individuals dating out of our race and supporting each other, which carries over from the previous topic we were talking about with regards to black ink crew. And it's, it's it's I'm not going to say it's problematic, but it's interesting discussion to be a part of. It's interesting discussion to hear. Um, different individuals' point of views about, you know, why they don't like it or why they don't do it or, you know, they don't have their race or, you know, whatever the case may be, their support of it or, you know, disdain for it or whatever. It's it's a, it's an interesting conversation to hear, um, but I also think that some of that mindset and way, you know, and, and stuff kind of holds all of us back, not just black folks, but, you know, you know, white, Hispanic, you know, I've dated Hispanic women, dated white women, and, you know, there's been times where, you know, there's, you know, the individual's not necessarily liking them dating outside of their race and their family. So um, I think it's a conver- a good conversation. I think that's why – I know that's why I like this movie a lot. It put a different lens. It put a scope on on uh, this way of life, and it um, a lot of that type of stuff still goes on today. You know what I mean? It's not just something that was back in 1989 or 92 or – I can't remember when it came out. But, 91. Um, yeah, 91. It's the same thing today, man, same thing today. Yeah, so it was a great movie. So definitely want to talk, you know, talk about those topics, man. And uh, you know, you just you see what what went on, and but also one thing that was understated that in the movie that I would have tried to kill Cyrus, yo, when Cyrus told his wife what was going on with Flipper and and uh, Angie, like, yo, you broke the code, bro. Like, yeah, man, don't tell nobody means don't tell nobody. It's certain things you might share, but right. Stuff like that, don't tell nobody. Don't you don't say, yeah, you don't say shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's just, yeah. Oh, that's that's something, man. So Cyrus broke the code, man, on some sucker shit. But you know, it's whatever. Not saying that Super should have did it. I'm not excusing his behavior. But you can't right, tell right. your man's what's going on or whatever. Now who can you talk to? But uh, yeah. No so so shout out to that great, great, you know, great couple films this week. You know, some funny stuff and some deep stuff. And uh, Jungle Fever also had some funny moments too. But it also made me think, considering that we were nine years old when this came out, and mm-hmm. then we actually like met the first time. We used to have a, a brother in our class who always used to ask us, "We down with the swirl?" Remember Marcus used to ask that all the time. Oh, the Marcus, swirl? yeah. <laughs> you down with the swirl, bro? <laughs> yeah, you know the swirl. Yeah, man. So that's 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 a funny cat. So I haven't seen that dude in probably twenty to my years. Anyway, man, so I think we're about done with the show, man. So, Bowtie, go ahead and uh, close us on out, man, and we can get this, in a, get this uh, podcast up and loaded. Oh, yeah, man, so I just want to leave you guys with something short and sweet this this week. Um, and, and this one kind of hits the heart for, for, for myself, but I know it will for Mike J also, um, just because as Mike J and I always say, we out the trunk. We're doing this on, you know, we're doing this on our own, this podcast. So uh, what I want to leave you guys with is, Sometimes you got to create what you want to be a part of. Um, and I like that quote um, just because it, spoke to, it speaks to me in many facets, a lot of it. 
for this podcast and what Mike J and our, what Mike J and, our, and I are doing with our not just this podcast but our network, um, our merch, and just building the brand because that's not what we got into it for. And but you know we've got really great response and a really good following thanks to all of you guys showing us love. Uh, so we're just trying to build and continue to give it give you guys what you want, what you're seeking. Uh, but this was just something for Mike J, something that we enjoyed doing. We enjoyed the conversations. We enjoyed having, you know, lighthearted talk. We enjoyed, like, um, having serious and deep conversations and bringing light to different things and, you know, being those conduits to talk about difficult situations. And it has it has blossomed into, you know, the success that we have now. Um, I said, But at the same time, it speaks to a personal level, too, uh, for, for myself and Mike J. And we had this conversation, you know, over the phone a few times that uh, both of us are – um, leaders prominent um, in our in our professions um, in our community, um, and I feel like sometimes our communities and professions aren't necessarily ready for us, um, or or any man of color or, or individual with new ideas or or way of thinking. And to me, I got to create that. So myself and Mike J, and you know our 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 group chat fellows, you know, Dap and Pure and, and, and Ray and, and Mike Jack and Demetrius, you know, guys we, we gotta create, you know, what we wanna be a part of, not only from for ourselves but for our community. So we wanna create tolerance. That's why I participated in a lot of events that were going on here in Indy that I spoke about earlier in the show. I wanna create something um for myself and for my children. So um that's what I got to go to do. I got to be a part of what I want. I got to create it. So um, that stuck with me, and I wanted to share it with you guys, and hopefully it touches you to to go out and create what you want to be a part of. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, just not giving up. I was watching uh, – they had the track and field – the college track and field championship. So there was a four-by-four, four, and for those who know, that's like the most grueling yeah, I saw in that. sports. And, you know, Purdue came out. They were They were up by many, many meters, and the USC came back, and she hawked her down and won. So this, you know, life can get hard. I mean, and I'm sometimes, you know, one thing is I'm preaching to myself, but don't ever give to the point to give up. Because, look, you, you know, they thought the announcer thought it was over. They were like, oh, this is over. The only way that Purdue's going to lose is if they drop the baton. They didn't drop the baton. She kept running the race. But mm-hmm. the USC, she kept going. She kept going, and when she when she had her had the goal in sight, she went and she pushed it into the overdrive. So you yeah, know, she took it. She that took was, a dead end situation where the, the dead end situation where you didn't think you can win the victory, and she and she you know had it, and she kept fighting for it. I was in church and heard a similar message today, not about you know that particular you know situation, but about the 8500, about who won 8500, willpower. So about going to the mm-hmm. goal and everybody else is crashing and spinning out and they need the pit stop. No confusing pit stop with giving up. So that's just right. something that I, that really uh it touched me today hearing that hearing that word. So uh you know, you hear that and just keep just keep on fighting through, you know. So you never know what an individual's going through in life. So use that what we just talked about, be a be a creator, take advantage and be the person that you wanna be and be willing to, you know, put yourself in those situations and grind. So that's just something you know. We kind of—I didn't know he was going to talk about. It. He didn't know what I was talking about, but you know, it's something right. for people to know. All right, man. So, no doubt. Well, we appreciate you guys rocking with us for another episode. Uh, you know, again, like, get on, you know, get on iTunes and wherever. Like, share, tell your, tweet podcast. us about us. You know, tweet, yeah. tweet us. 
tweet about us, you know, share with your family, friends, share with some individuals that you want to have a difficult conversation with. Maybe, you know, you guys will probably find a few throughout our different podcast episodes. Um, let's, we, we, want to, we want to get people talking. We want to get people moving. So, you know, let's, let's do this. We, again, we appreciate y'all for the support. Um, and, and keep rocking with us, man. We love y'all. Grown man is fam. Yeah, we out of here. So rate, review, share. All, all our right. contact information is in the in episode description. So hit us up. No doubt. Peace. All right, and later. Later. It's the two megastars summer mashup. The awesome iPhone on the Rockstar Metro PCS Network. Get the iPhone you've always wanted for $0 so you can jam without limits. It's a hit. Get an iPhone SE on us when you switch. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Requires port of number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or on Metro PCS in past 90 days to an unlimited LTE plan. See store for details and terms and conditions.